How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 27 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're going to talk about A.J. Puck potentially going down for a little bit of time, uh, the A's win over the White Sox, because we talk about spring training games, and then uh, some other tidbits that I read over at The Athletic about uh, potential fantasy breakout stars. So if you like fantasy baseball, uh, stay tuned in, I guess. Don't skip any of this, because you're going to miss everything. Um, so before I get into all of that stuff and speculating who could take over for Puck if this injury does become serious. Um, please follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter or me personally at ByJasonB. Uh, you could also email us mailbag questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com, um, and then I will respond to them on the show. Um, in yesterday's show, I asked everybody who, uh, who should play Bob Melvin in the Moneyball sequel, and uh, the, the resounding response was Tom Hanks, which... I'm here for. I think he's a national treasure. Tom Hanks can command a room, and he would bring a little bit of, you know, the, the lighter side of comedy as well. He, he has some acting chops. I, I would enjoy seeing him betray beloved manager Bob Melvin in uh, Moneyball 2. Electric Boogaloo was the response that I got. Because um, Boogaloo rhymes with two. So I assume that's why that is funny to me. Um yeah, so on a more serious note, A.J. Puck has been temporarily shut down with a mild shoulder strain. Uh, the MRI that he took didn't reveal, reveal any structural damage, so it doesn't look like there's anything, you know, Tommy John worthy whatsoever. Um, and the A's are going to reevaluate uh, A.J. on Thursday or Friday. This is all according to Martin Gallegos of uh, MLB.com. And so right now, Everybody's saying, oh, it doesn't seem like a serious injury, all that stuff. But I feel like we heard this a couple years ago, and then he got Tommy John surgery. So uh, until he's pitching again, and he's feeling fine and looking good and having nice results, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, play this one a little more slowly than, yeah, he's fine. Uh, he's going to be starting you know, in the rotation and all that stuff. Um, we're we're going to see how this one goes, and who could take his spot if he needs an extra couple of weeks, you know, like Piscotti might need an extra couple of weeks. Uh, it Hopefully it's not anything major, but if they are to miss time, who would take his uh, spot in the rotation? And the obvious choice right now would be Chris Bassett, who's scheduled to start in the bullpen as the long relief option. So that one goes without saying. But uh, I went over to Roster Resource, and they had uh, Birch Smith, who was the uh, trade acquisition from the Giants, uh, a couple weeks ago, their first trade in forever. Uh, what was it, like 100 years? Something like that. Um, it, it was like 20, 25? Fuck. When was 1990? 30 years? It's been a while. And so far, Birch Smith is out to a pretty good, uh, pretty good as an understatement. He's having a almost perfect spring training so far. He's pitched three innings, and he has not allowed any hits. He hasn't allowed any walks, and he struck out four. So he's got... Over a strikeout in inning, always nice to see. And he hasn't allowed a base runner, so that's good too. Good for Birch Smith. So uh, it would make sense that he would be the front runner for the uh, for a potential uh, bullpen spot. And uh, yeah, so we're going to see, obviously, how the rest of spring training rolls out. Uh, I doubt that he's going to be keeping these numbers up because they're kind of hard to maintain. Because if he allows a base runner, all of a sudden... All of those numbers get inflated. So 
we'll we'll see how the next couple of weeks go and uh, go from there. Uh, the other potential candidate, I guess, he pitched on Wednesday, and he is a common uh, person of interest from the Locked On A's community, uh, and by that I mean myself. Uh, he is Jamie Schultz, talking about him again. Uh, he threw an inning today, didn't strike anybody out. He had a clean inning, didn't allow any base runners, and uh, he got the save. So, I mean, I know that it's super low stakes spring training ninth inning against Scrubs, but uh, he locked down the save. You always like to see that. He uh, he lowered his ERA to 2.25, and uh, he's having a pretty decent spring. It's not his best spring training so far, so he's shown up in these early games uh, in the past. But what is very interesting right now is that his he's allowed one walk in four innings total. And uh, usually his walk rate's much higher. His walk rate in the majors so far has been at least over 5, if not 5.4, in the uh, two seasons that he's had innings accrued, according to Baseball Reference. And they also say that uh, his opponent score uh, <clears throat> in spring training games so far is 7.1, which is a little bit above AA opposition. So he's not facing even AAA competition at this point. So we want to see him get into games maybe a little bit earlier to really assess how he's performing. And if that walk rate can go down to three and a half, maybe three, he could be, he wouldn't be lights out by any means, but he could be an effective pitcher for the A's if uh, it comes to it and they need an arm from the minors. So, uh, He's, I'm still definitely keeping an eye on him because I'm fascinated by him. Um, so yeah, Jamie Schultz might get an opportunity at some point. Also on the relief front from Tuesday's game, uh, J.B. Wendelkin worked a scoreless inning and struck out a batter. And uh, T.J. McFarland, left-handed option, uh, again, he was claimed on waivers from the Diamondbacks. He pitched an inning. Uh, he gave up three hits, an earned run, and a walk. Uh, it doesn't sound quite as bad as that, you know, three hits and a walk sounds. Uh, he allowed a single, got a double play, and then gave up a couple singles and runner scored and gave up another single and then got out of the inning. So it wasn't as congested as it made it seem. There was just some decent running going on and whatnot. And uh, that's how they scored. So it wasn't just hit, 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 hit. That would have been way more runs, too, with all those hits that I said. Um, so, you know, he worked a double play. He almost got out of it. He didn't. Obviously, we'd like to see him get into a little bit less trouble. But again, there's still plenty of time left in spring training. So we'll see how it is in a couple of weeks and, you know, assess the situation and the dire need for another reliever at that point. Um, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into uh, some offensive stats and some bold predictions for your fantasy team, according to The Athletic. Uh, I've already given my bold prediction. That's real life. That's the A's are winning the West. I'm going to keep saying it because not everybody will listen to every episode. So I'm going to say it so everybody hears it. The A's are winning the West in 2020. All right. Uh, here's the break, and then we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff. All right. So on the offensive side of the game on Tuesday, uh, well, the A's won 8-6. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Uh, they won. No, wait. That's not the right score. They are 8-6. They won 6-5, to five. so they've won a bunch of games in a row. They're 8-6 and six now. They're going to be well above 500 at this rate uh, by the end of spring training. And also at this rate, we're never going to find out who's going to play second base because it changes every friggin' day. 
somebody's been talking crap about Jorge Mateo on this podcast. I don't know who that host was, but uh, somebody was. And uh, he decided to let me hear about it today. He went three for four with a run scored, two RBI, and a stolen base. So, you know how I said he was hitting like 188 yesterday? Well, he's hitting 300 now <laughs> because spring training, everything changes so quickly. Uh, he's also got an OPS of 717. So, you know, his OPS is a little bit, a little bit lower, um, at least for my fantasy baseball purposes. I like to see like 800 or more as like a baseline. And then, you know, if they do better, cool. If they do, if he got up to like 770, he'd be doing just fine. Uh, you know, need a couple more doubles, maybe a triple in there. All of a sudden it's much higher. Um, because slugging percentage. Or, you know, you get to walk a little bit more, too. That that would also raise his OPS, because on base plus slugging, those two things make up uh, OPS. Anyways, the presumptive favorite for the second base job, Tony Kemp, went over 4 with a strikeout. Uh, he is currently hitting 364 with a 985 OPS, so obviously that's a much better OPS. And, I mean, he was hitting 4, 6, he was hitting much higher than... Uh, the 364, but uh, 0 for 4, when you have 18 at-bats, uh, it goes down really quick if you get, if you throw an 0 for in there. So uh, that's how that works. And then uh, Vimeo Machin, he played third base for the A's today. He went 1 for 2 with two walks and a run scored, and he is currently hitting 318 with an 808 OPS. The one downside with Machin stats is that according to Baseball Reference and their ranking of what kind of opposition they're facing, uh, what the spring training players are facing. Uh, they have his uh, opponent's score at 6.1 or so, which is right in between high A and double A. It's not quite either. It's a little bit better than high A, a little bit worse than double A. So whatever's in between those two is what he's been facing. And uh, that's not really telling us a whole bunch about if he can face major league pitching. But that's really through no fault of his own, because at this point in spring training, you see a lot of guys, especially when if you're coming in as a, a replacement player, uh, you, you take over for somebody, is what I mean. Um, you're going to be facing a lot of more um, minor league players and, you know, people that these uh, the coaching staff of the opposition or any baseball team uh, wants to see before they're uh, sent over to the minor league camp and so that they can prepare for the minor league season. Um, and once the rosters start getting trimmed down a little bit more, there's just fewer of those players on the rosters. And then players like Machin and Barreto and Mateo and uh, Tony Kemp, whoever, name a player. They're going to be facing better competition that is more major league ready than what is on current rosters right now. So it's nice that we're seeing uh, the guys that are vying for second base and, you know, anybody on the A's roster right now doing well offensively. But uh, the real test is going to come in the next week or two when those rosters start getting trimmed down and there's just more major league caliber or at least triple A caliber uh, players to face off against. Um, two more guys that I saw. Uh, Jonah Hyam. He returned to the lineup after missing a couple of days with his uh, shin contusion. He went three for three with a run and an RBI. Uh, he's currently hitting 467 with a 1.130 or an 11.30 uh, OPS. So he's doing okay. I guess those couple of days off uh, really helped. 
And, you know, he, I was a little bit worried that he would uh, fall back in the backup catcher race a little bit because he had an injury to deal with and Austin Allen was going to get more playing time. He came back pretty quickly and he went three for three with a run scored in an RBI. So, hey, he's back in the race. That's nice. And finally, for my favorite part of the, uh, looking at the A's box score every day, uh, did Buddy Reed get in? Yes. Did he get a hit? No. Did he score a run somehow? Yes, he did. Buddy Reed, uh, he, he walked in his only uh, at-bat plate appearance um, today. So he got on base, then he stole second base, and then he scored a run on Ryan Goins' uh, single. So pretty pretty simple for that run scored. You know, just walk, steal a base, and then get driven in. I like Buddy Reed. He's he's an interesting player. We're going to see if he can hold up a little bit. I think he's also facing similar competition to Vimy Almachin in that it's a little bit above high A, a little bit below double A. So uh, we're going to see how he adjusts as uh, spring training keeps going forward, assuming that they don't uh, designate him to minor league camp a little too early. I, I think that'll be with the team another couple of weeks at least because um, they're going to want to see what he can do against better caliber pitching. So... That's that. Um, now for the part that we've all been waiting for, bold predictions. Dun, 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 dun. Um, that's a terrible theme song. Uh, um, so I was reading over at The Athletic because they sound like the A's and the Oakland Athletics. So The Athletic, the news publication of sports news, uh, they mentioned Matt Olson, uh, Marcus Semien, and Mark Canna as players that they are heavily targeting in fantasy um, at their draft prices. It's not like drop them all in the first round, but uh, they did specifically mention that Olsen in the third, uh, they've seen in a couple of spots, but they'd rather, instead of taking uh, Pete Alonzo, who's one of the better first base options because he led the league in homers uh, or led baseball in homers last year, uh, instead of having him in the third round, get Olsen in the fifth kind of thing. Um, so depending on how deep your potential league is, you know, maybe it's the fourth round if it's like a bigger league, but you see where they're going with that. And then Sebian, they mentioned he's definitely down for a little bit of regression, but if he's like a 270 hitter, that's really the only drain that he's probably going to have on your, uh, counting stats and all that stuff. But he's going to be hitting atop a pretty solid lineup with the A's. So he's going to have plenty of runs scored if he hits 25 bombs. It's still a decent amount of bombs for somebody that you're getting in one of the later rounds and not paying a premium for a shortstop like a Fernando Tatis or something like that. And he's going to steal you some bases, too. So, uh, hey, Marcus Simeon, not that bad. And then uh, Canna, if he's, I think, in one spot, they were like, oh, yeah, wa waiver wire target. But he could be, you know, a later round pick for sure. And then the same article also mentioned uh, Chapman and Liam Hendricks as getting you know, as you know other players to target at their own positions too uh they just didn't get their own little blurbs because then it would just basically be an a's article uh with all you know five of nine positions being taken up by a's players so you know they had to give somebody else some shine too um and then they also mentioned that in uh the bold predictions article that they published last month uh can got a couple of plays in there too but uh they had Matt Olson leading the league with 47 homers. And in uh, the article published yesterday, 
they were like, I mean, it's not really that big of a bold prediction because he hits the snot out of the ball and he hit 36 homers and he missed two months last year. So is 47 homers to lead the league really that big of a stretch? I don't think so. Um, yeah, so he crushes the ball and I'm here for it. And uh, hopefully you will be too. If you like the A's and you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or anywhere else that lets you do that. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnA's. Uh, I am at ByJasonB. And if you have a mailbag question for us or just general question about the team, uh, you can email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for today. Go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.